Everybody, welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Somalia, the show of the 80s, and the show of shooting bookers, bourbon straight one. We all know you should be sipping it. This is the second installment of my wonderful interview with Sheed Barrett. The first round, we talked a little bit about music, high school. The second piece maybe takes a little bit of a darker turn, but yet it's really wonderful to be reinforced this whole time this whole conversation with sheet about how positive he is it's insane how it kind of exudes from him and he's never going to let anything get him down it's a wonderful feeling so i hope you guys enjoy the second part and the conclusion to my interview with sheed barrett There was not the side, side segue. No, no, please. There was a. Uh, I used to have uh, a remote control R two D two. Uh oh yeah and yeah I remember those for no reason at all and it was probably like the size of like a crock. Yeah, pot. they're like yeah, like that, pretty, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember one night, I swear to God, I was like up, sitting in my little bed, and I'm looking up. It was sitting on like this dresser that was in this room, and then I remember, um, it cut on. Oh. Like just randomly cut on. So like every time I think about poltergeist, I think about that fucking clown in the corner the clown that just on the chair. Animates. Great. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, dude, I you know, I just remember being like I remember being terrified, man. Like it, I remember, yeah. and my sister at the time, we watched that together when I was a kid. I'll never forget it, man. I like I finally managed to fall asleep and then I woke up because I thought I heard something and then she had literally worked so fucking hard to crawl in my room. As like snails. Oh pace. my god! Just to, she's like I'm. I, I could tell. Like even looking back, she was like she, you could tell. She, she knew like, I'm gonna premeditated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking scared the shit. I pissed my pants. It was terrible, oh, man. man. I was how, like, how old were you? Probably like what oh, seven? Shit, man. What Poltergeist was what eighty two? Eighty two or three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, nine, like eight or nine yeah, when it wow. came out. It's but a, yeah, man, it terrifying was like, movie. Yeah, I was terrified. But I remember, like, there used to be, um, there was, uh, what was that? It was like an NBC thing that came on back in the day. Oh, I already know what you're, Amazing Friday, Stories. Ama- amazing Stories? Yeah. Amazing, uh, don't get me started. Love Amazing Stories. The Indian story. Yes, probably, yeah, it's great. Yeah. The Gregory Hines one, where he finds the murderer, and he gets stuck in the house with them because he's oh, tracking him. Do you shit. remember that one? The Magician one. The Magician. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Now, this is some esoteric stuff, but I, lo- I love that show. We watched it. Just uh, recently, couple, yeah, probably like a year ago. That totally one, the, yeah. I think the train through the house. Yeah, one, Steven Spielberg directed that. Yeah, and directed Poltergeist. So you draw it. Well, even though Toby yeah. Hooper got, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, that I well, I never. I remember I was actually talking about uh, this with my girl, like not even like six months ago. I was like, there used to be the show. Oh, so good, amazing stories. The best people in the industry at that time: Joe Dante, Steven Spielberg, um, God, probably uh, Walter Hill. Like, yeah. Uh, Fucking Goonies, Rich Rick Dick Donner, oh yeah yeah everybody, 
but I just remember, I just, I'm like, I, it's like those, some of those, uh, the stories behind that, everything that happened were very, it was all like, like, I mean, the Indian story fucked me up. Like, it's I just, so, I don't know why. It's beautiful. It yeah. You it's know? a great fucking story. Yeah. But it's all I just like remember totally it. beautiful stories, well constructed, and it, you, they weren't jaded, they didn't come from a place of being jaded. No. These stories. Because I, I think I know what you're getting at. Like, I think I know where you're going with it. Because to me, they have like this heartwarming, very innocent kind of place in storytelling. I suspend my disbelief. I don't care if this, the effects are bad, but it's like, that's a great story. I'm feeling something. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is to it, right? And I don't know if it's just the time. Like, I don't know if, like, like I, I'm guessing that if I showed, for example, if, like, I sat down tonight with Marge and it was like, okay, hey, I'm going to put on Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, and John Lithgow's that? performance in the fucking oh, it's so yeah, good. Goblin yeah, on, the yeah. plane, on the Wing. and then Or or even uh, Tales from the Crypt. The, the fucking that the other night. Yeah. Are you it's in my the house ride, lady. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, like, holy oh, shit, that dude's not done. You know, yeah, like, I yeah. that, it's that scary. fucked me up. Yeah. That it's fucked me up totally massive. Scary. It was totally like, she hit this dude, you know, like, and just right. the whole scene, she pulls in the garage, and then he's just like bleeding and just dying on yeah. her. And just, yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? But, dude, it, all that stuff. And it, it, let's summarize it to say, like, it is a vestige of a time in filmmaking, a time in TV directing, like all of that, where the aesthetic was so perfectly childlike, but yet wholesome. And like, it, I, for some reason, it, it and maybe it's just when we grew up. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm still six years younger than you. Yeah, but I totally just, know that I, stuff. I don't, I, totally I, I think it. that, I think that, I, honestly, man, I, I want to say it's, I think it's, I think the gap is actually like just not, not even just below you. Right. I mean, I think, and I also think it's really just kind of a cultural, I think it's exposure. Yeah. I think that I remember um, like having... I don't know, man. I I got into my mom is addicted to this day. Like I still don't I even fucking get it, man. Like I've never seen anything <laughs> like it in my life. My mom is addicted to all my life. Every Saturday that I can remember, I fought with her over cartoons because what is she? The Rifleman, fucking Bonanza. She loves those like, stage uh, not stagecoach. Uh, like just westerns. Yeah, just, just the, but the TV shows, right? Yeah, TV shows. Fucking uh, was it? Uh, is it Orson Welles? Is it not, not, no, he's he's an actor. Um, Perry Mason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh damn it. So it's like that, and yep. uh, I mean, like I literally, I went home right before we stayed with my mom before I flew out of Turkey, mm -hmm. and I couldn't sleep, you know, because I was just worried about the trip. So I was like, I'm just gonna watch a little TV, and yeah. I actually hit. I just just got this fucking Mac, just this huge remote with like all these buttons. And, right, right. You know. So like I hit the recorded previously recorded shit uh -huh. and it's just like all that stuff, all, all the that Bonanza, classic stuff. Little House on the Prairie, yeah, fucking Perry Mason. You're just like I'm like the Walton. What the fuck, mom? Like, yeah, dude. Like, but I, I mean, she's got this shit iced though. Yeah. I mean, like that's the one thing I know. She if she loses it, she'll, she'll never forget about these episodes. Yeah, so. but like it, it's so it is so crazy how I feel like maybe we just there's this chair this really cherished time in our life where maybe we haven't yet been heartbroken you know what i mean and like we capture that stuff and it just it's it's the halcyon days yeah you know i look back uh, there's plenty of stuff like that amazing stories is one of the key ones yeah. actually which i'm glad you you totally know what that show is yeah it's well i think from i mean like my grandfather every saturday when i stayed with my grandparents during the summers on the weekends he had a ritual man like Every I think every grandparent has a fucking every grandfather or grandmother has a fucking chair and oh, it's a chair dude, you don't fucking sit chair. in. Yeah. You can never the sit chair. in it. Yep. 
So uh, I would get up balls less early to watch my cartoons. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the whole plan was because at the time when I was a kid, most of my aunts were still living at home still. Oh, really? Okay. So my mom had four other sisters and there was my grandfather, my sister, and my grandmother right. in this tiny-ass house. Oh, man. In Houston? So, uh, yeah, in Houston. In Houston, okay. So uh, I get up early, so I just I get my, my dibs on the TV. And most of the time, my aunts were like, he's, he's, he's our baby. He's going to watch this shit. You know, yeah, like yeah. Space Ghost. Let him have Space Ghost. <laughs> you know? So after that was done, like round one or two. Yep. What did, he, like, what did he want to watch? Kung Fu Theater, man. Fuck, yeah. Really? On Saturdays, Saturdays Kung Fu. every time. Yeah. Oh, dude. So, so it was good. it was that, and then and then if it was, uh, I mean, like during the playoffs, I guess for football, he was always. I mean, the TV was like fucking. Don't even think about coming near the TV. Yeah, yeah. During Sundays, but yeah, it was. I mean, like for I don't. I, I guess for the better part of ten years, man. Yeah. That was like. My grandfather was a very quiet man. Like he barely. I like. I want to say. For all that I can remember about him, mm-hmm. he said a collective. Mm, we'll say 10 hours worth of dialogue worth of, yeah. an hour an hour a year yeah. and right. most of it is most of it is like what's ups you know yeah, like it yeah. wasn't like a full it wasn't we had a we had a dialogue right before he passed away and that was like the long that's the most i'd ever actually engaged with him yeah. but like he was always like very uh he was ideally man i wish i was like him because he was the quietest cat. Mm-hmm. The quiet. He was a pimp. He dressed like a pimp. Yeah. I stole a lot of his shirts when he passed away. <laughs> and I was told, no, I was like, he was just. just Great style. Yeah, put just, together. Oh, man. And, I, I, I mean, he used to I drive this 1976 Canary Yellow Ford LTD. Oh, man. Just, I mean, just the, con- just the consummate pimp. Yeah. But, but like, but like a, 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 like a Classy. father. Yeah. 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 Very, yeah. But he, um quiet dude you would never it was unassuming like you would just even just even for me to profile him yeah like man he's just kind of country boy you know sure. just moved to houston you know because his he's got roots up in humble like country okay. country country humble yeah yeah and uh you know but he worked construction for years he read the paper cover to cover every day so you knew it was there's a lot in yeah that. i mean just, yeah. he was always just like i mean and like just never really he was he had the most uh beautiful display of restraint that I think I've ever seen in any human being yeah. where he's just, he's just like, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, player, but I got to get home to the lady, you know, like he was just always like, he just, yeah. I mean, and he would be mad about it, but you would just, you, you had a sense where he was like, mm, he'd pull back. What, what you said was not cool. Yeah. I am okay with you not being cool because I am not you. I am going home, you know, like, and it wow. wasn't like a, and somehow it was like that. He was just I almost never, like Zen. Yeah, like yeah. But never, well, never faltered. Never, you know, man. Yeah, and it just, <laughs> I would just see him all the time, and he was like, you know. But he was at home and he'd chill and he just kung fu theater Saturdays. Fucking five. First time I saw Five Deadly Venoms was yeah. him. You know, I mean, just it was Shaw Brothers Saturday, dude. That's it was so just, amazing. But that's that's like. Wait, so what was that? Con- what was that conversation like? The one that last one. Oh God! It was. It was. Did you learn a, li- a, bit, a bit about him. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a beatdown of of his. Uh, we had to go pick up another relative, and um, he had already been diagnosed with stomach cancer at that point. So, yeah. uh, I didn't even want to go. You know, it was like one of those things. Like, no, no, he's. I don't want. You know, like we were picking up like my ninety year old aunt. Right. 
and I was like, or well, how, like how long my, was the drive? Like, it was, dri- oh, the drive was like two and a half hours to get there. So perfect time to just sit and chill. Yeah. But, it, but it seems like pointless at the time, right? You're a kid. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit in the car for. But I didn't want to go, and my I just remember my mom being like, "You're going yeah. to your grandfather to go pick up." You know, I was like, "All right, fine." You know, so we get in the car, and then he's just he's chilling. Didn't say anything at first, but we get when we get into the area where we're going to pick it up. I realized yeah. this is where he grew up as a kid, so he's stopping at random. I mean, like we'd be on a highway or like on a farm road and just mm. stop, and he'd like see that over there, and I'm like, I don't see shit but pine trees, player. And he was just like, oh, this is where my parents had a little shop. Wow. And we used to do this over here, and and I used to the, there was a school that was right here, and and he's pointing, he literally is pointing at nothing but pine needles and pine trees, right, off the side of the road and clay, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. So that was kind of like a huge deal. And I was like, uh, I, I, I understand what's happening right now, but it's a lot right now. So, and then we, you know, we, we picked up my aunt who was surprised. Is that his, his sister? Yeah, his, yeah. his aunt. Actually. Oh, his aunt, okay. Yeah, but um, she was incredible. She was like, she, somehow she was sharp. I mean, like we walked in the house, it was like a billion fucking degrees because, <laughs> and she had like five blankets on. You're like, what wow. the fuck? Like this place is going <laughs> to yeah. burn down. Right. And, uh. So we got her, in the, you know, like he just he just had a moment. He just gave me his little. He just gave me his history and and his story because I didn't know it. And yeah. um, and and it wasn't like my parents, uh, my mom especially, has always been very uh, limited with what she tells. Like she's always, she's been so old school PC. Yeah. Like fit. Like no, no. Like when somebody was sick, so you're like, oh, she's been sick, and you know, like I just was like that with my sister. Right. And when she was like, I was like. My mom was, I was actually in, uh, I was in La Maddalena, Italy. And my mom was like, you need to come home. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, your sister's kind of sick. I'm like, fuck out. I'm not coming she's home. She's under plan. I'm not coming home because my sister right. has the we flu. We all get the flu. Yeah. yeah. So, and then that, that was her, she's like, and I'm like, you gotta, could have led say? with that. You know? Like, yeah. She was totally like, oh, you, you know, how, how could you not want to, you know, like, why wouldn't you want to come home for your family? I'm like, well, I mean, I, it would have been easier to be able to do if you had said that that was what the why? issue why? was. Why? Yeah. Know? So. But that's, I mean, like everybody in terms of like uh, history and relating uh, information, my mom's always been kind of like, nah, right. you know, like I'll tell you, yeah, just, yeah, it's. Was it, t- was it, do you, did it get to a point where it was too late that she gave you too little information too late with yeah. your sister? Yeah, there were a couple times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, that, that whole, that was, uh, that was probably the most amazing and, and tragic experience uh i think i will ever well no i can't say that yeah um it's bound to be rough though yeah i uh yeah no it was terrible man i um i had tried i I mean i did i tried to get leave for that moment for that time and at the time i was out of leave so i didn't and we were on deployment so generally back in the day when that happened people just thought that you were uh deserting yeah, well, just trying to get out of it. Got it. You know, like yeah. you just couldn't hack it. You were just mm-hmm. like, oh, you're just trying to go home because you're a little bitch. Right. So I had put in a leave, uh, a leave chit, as just leave paperwork. Yeah. And um, it got denied uh, a couple times. I submitted it twice, I think. And then we were underway somewhere in the middle of the Mediterranean, and uh, I was asleep. I'd just gotten off watch, and I think um, the dock. Uh, the corpsman, um, who was actually what we call a sea dad, like uh-huh. we always have a mentor. He was right. he was my sea dad. He wakes me up, and I'm like, what the fuck? I literally was, I'd been up for 12 hours, and yeah. or I actually uh, been up for 18, 
and uh, I just, you know, was like out. So he comes, and um, the first thing I notice is that when he wakes me up before he says anything, I notice that the boat's coming. I hear, I hear surface, surface, surface. So I'm like, I just got totally out of character. Yeah. Like, why would you guys? Like we're like it, there's something going on and, yeah. and it doesn't make any sense and I thought I was being woken up for a drill and then he uh, he said hey man you need to be in the skipper's stateroom and you got five minutes and pack all your shit and I was like wow what and the I'm fuck's disoriented going on? I've been yeah. like I've been on watch for you know twenty hours at that point I've yeah only been asleep for two so um, I get up and then I don't even pack my shit because I'm so nervous because I think I'm being kicked out of the Navy for something I don't even know. I'm just right, that right. Disorder. Yeah, well, you, how do you know? You got two and, hours uh, sleep. I go up to the stateroom, Skipper's up, and he's got this little ticker tape piece of paper and he slides it over to me and, and it has, it's a, what they call a Red Cross, mm-hmm. uh, which is a message that's sent um, via radio and uh, I read it and it's, telling me that my sister's got like less than a week of expectancy life expectancy Jesus. In it, and that at the you know at the request of the family i need to come home yeah so there it was really awkward because i read it and i was kind of mad both because i didn't you understand didn't know the, right i didn't know yeah. i didn't know the severity of my sister's situation because of my mom being limited in what she said right but i also was mad at the command because of the fact that i had already tried to come home and they denied it because they thought i was lying yeah which in fairness, I did back in the day. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> they but were kind of justified, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I um, yeah, so the plan was to helo me. They had called a helo from Italy to meet us in the middle. They were going to come to the surface. I was going to get heloed off. Uh-huh. So get picked up and then right. hoisted out. So that's what happened. Came to the surface. This big black hawk shows up and fucking lifts me off the sail. And then, you know, super grounded. It's It was crazy. Right. And uh, they fly me to La Madalena. And then I end up taking um, the flight that they had prepared for me was the craziest thing ever. They because, prepared a flight for you? Yeah. I mean, Amazing. all this shit was, they, all, while in the process of doing this, they were already, they had bought a flight um, from, I had to get from, uh, La Maddalena to Trieste, Italy, uh-huh. and then from Trieste to a, a small town called Olbia, where I, I was sitting on a train station track for probably 10 hours, waiting Just for this there train, waiting, waiting oh for this train to come. Train shows up, takes me to Da Vinci, takes me to Rome. Uh-huh. So I go from Rome to Ramstein Air Force Base, or uh, yeah, from Rome to Ramstein Air Force Base, and then from Ramstein to London, London to New York, New York to Atlanta, Atlanta to Chicago, Chicago to Dallas, yeah. Dallas back to Atlanta, and then Atlanta to Houston. Jesus. And it was a total of 20, I think it was 26 hours. Fucking kidding me. And, and this all uh, commercial stuff or like this is private? It was, it was uh, private airline. First leg, no, the first leg was military. They were hop, what they call hop flights. Yeah. And then the second half was um, just like commercial all, airlines. Like Delta, United, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so it took you already a day. So less than a week. And it, it took you a whole goddamn day to get back. Yeah. And I, I that's not even factoring time zone differences or anything yeah, like that. Exactly. So I just know that I was physically on something for 24 hours straight. Oh, that's crazy. So, uh, or over 24 hours. And then uh, I got home. My mom picked me up from the airport. And uh, and this is sad. I'm not trying to, you know, be all sad about it. No, but no. I got home and uh, my mom said, hey, look, it was 8 o'clock. 
Central Time. She said, hey, do you want to go to the hospital now or you just want to wait till the morning? And I was sapped from the travel. So I said, yeah. hey, we'll just go. So she woke me up at 6 that morning saying that my sister had passed away just an hour before. So. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it sucked. So I ended Jesus, up staying for, like, I ended up staying home for like two weeks before I came back to the boat. And then it was, it was cool. It was cool after that. But oh, I mean, I mean, the, the deployment was cool. <laughs> Fucking family was not cool. But, but wow. that's, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's Jesus. Yeah. Military life. Woo. That may be the, <laughs> <laughs> wow. sorry, man. No, yeah. No. It was, it's, it was, um, yeah, it was a pretty intense moment, man. But what a Jesus. What, um what what was it? What did she, she have? She was um it, she was HIV positive, but oh. she had complications from uh lymphoma and she had pneumonia at the time. So oh, that's what that's, that's what, what it that's does, what the right? Red Cross message said when I got it. So that's what I was like, oh shit. I still have Fuck. it somewhere. I think it's in storage, but um, Man. So how how do you go back to work after that? Uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it's crazy. Um, I, it wasn't that hard. My family is like, I, I, I didn't really have any uncles. Yeah. So I have one uncle. So, and I have a shit ton of aunts and, um, I remember the funeral and I remember I, you know, losing my shit. And I remember my aunt, one of my aunts walking up to me and, and saying, to me, you know, like she said, I forgot how she said it, but she just walked up. She said, "All that crying ain't gonna bring her back." So, and I just remember being. It's like, a pretty fuck, like, and I just, Jesus. but that is the. It seems like this par for the course, man. Yeah, yeah. But the women in my family are, 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 you know, like I mean, I essentially was raised by women, yeah. so it's they are, they've always been really comparatively speaking the other people that i've talked to just uncharacteristically strong yeah sounds inc- incredibly yeah. strong and stable yeah so it's it's that is the you know like that's the like coming like them and and how they treated it uh was that was the first time i ever looked at celebrating somebody's life instead of mourning the death yeah. you know so it was it's a br- it's a beautiful way to look at it yeah and so, I, I feel that way as well you know and, and you know like i mean i've between you know like just being in the Navy and just deployments and, you know, like going through Iraq or just dealing with losses of life in that capacity. Right. Um, I've always been, um, it's been a character flaw in a sense where I've been a loyalist in a lot of ways to friends because, you know, like I, I, I think about those things on the often. So it's like, I want to make sure that I, even if I'm in a position where I'm thinking about someone um, or I've, you know, I've lost somebody. I'm thinking more about like the chuckles and, you know, like, yeah, you're focusing on those high yeah. points. I just, kind of I mean, like, and then, and you know, like missing them, but at the same time, really enjoying them for you know, like everything that they gave me. So, yeah, it's because a brilliant way to thing. look at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, when you lose a lot of people, you got to do it. it sucks, when you lose it, so. you lose everybody once. Yeah. And it is, it's an interesting thing. Um, yeah. And but, it's inevitable, but we, we somehow we always feel like we're we always act like we're blindsided by it. Like, wait, fuck it, really? Yeah, I'm gonna die. I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it sucks. It's difficult because, uh, not. I mean, like that mindset doesn't change, mm-hmm. but the the mind like being in a situation where you're being shot at, 
that's got to change it. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> I think you know, you nobody's banking on nobody's banking on any of those catching you anyway. Yeah, but yeah. you know, like, and that's that's something that like I remember um, that was something we didn't talk about at all. Like when it did happen, um, you know, like in those moments where you know um, I did a, a small stint in Somalia. Mm-hmm. This and, is the Clinton days or yeah. Mogadishu, right? Yep. Yeah, and. Uh, that was to see the things that I mean to, to see the things that we saw, and then you know, trying to be. Uh, I mean, honestly, we spent a lot of time trying to be caregivers and 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 supporting people, but then just yeah. the. But the who supports you though? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it took a while. I mean, like the first. I think the first month was like the most like I'd never had. I didn't talk about it with anybody back home because it was like I'm like it was like one of those things it's like I can't explain to you how fucking deplorable like I, there's not a word deplorable yeah. is not a word it's not big give, enough you know like yeah so it was like you, you're just like okay cool man I'm gonna um you know like we're, you know we could be humping for miles and then I'll just come come across an open grave and it's just yeah. you're just like just, okay uh you know and, yeah, or yeah. seeing people you know like seeing people starving but seeing like this seeing people starve in that environment and all of that was just, I mean, just every element between the heat, between the fact that, you know, like all the water that we had was shit, well, all the water they had was shit, right. you know, like, and, and then trying to figure out how you're going to divide, you know, what water you have on well, Yeah, you, you want to solve this problem, and frankly, yeah. there doesn't, there's not a solution for all Right. It, that's got to just be like, so goddamn frustrating. So, you know, and then even just, uh, just dealing with i mean like and that's the thing like a lot of some of the aggression that we got uh were actually from people that were so fucking desperate that you're you're talking about defending your life because somebody's like i'm trying to save mine yeah and um it's just dealing with those things and then seeing um like that was the first time i saw i'd never seen evil like that before where i saw you know like people you read about it you see pictures of it yeah but just seeing people just, you know, uh, you know, we'd see like roving patrols from different various shitty Somali militia, mm-hmm. just, just, just fucking blazing cats. And, and I mean, and being in a position where there was nothing we could do about it. And it's right. like, you know, like, but you I, want to, right? Like you want to, yeah. you want to help everybody. So, and it was, it was definitely, and I mean, it was like, I mean, uh, I remember, you know, uh, like being a part of a crew that uh, we had to go out and there were, we got a report that, oh God, it's a, it was a shitty day. <laughs> we got a report that um, there was uh, loose, a loose minefield, which basically means that it's a spread. So it's like, it's not one general area. It's, it's just, just kind like, of erratically. Like, placed. Yeah. Okay. So like it, it, it's one of the situations where, a lot of technicals to keep certain tribes from like uh red cross would make a drop right let's say let's say uh to put it in terms of austin let's right. say that we're we're you and i are are a part of a tribe okay. in this part of austin and then they made a drop um they made a red cross made a drop in uh let's say 45th street okay yeah well, at least a couple miles away yeah a right. couple miles away but you see the drop so naturally, your instinct is you know what that plane looks like, 
we know what that we know what that is. We got to get it. Yeah, and we need something. So, but uh, different militias would come through and do what's called a loose mine. So they take a technical, which is basically a truck mm-hmm. with a mounted gun or mm-hmm. whatever, and just toss like homemade mines, whatever, old Russian PK2s, whatever, just, mm-hmm. just tossing them out. So it was like, it was, there was no consistency, but the whole idea was there was consistency in terms of it was, it formed a line, formed right. a border okay. of sorts, but. But um, you, no one could, you, you couldn't see the pattern in it, right? It's right. supposed to be, it was, it was it's supposed to bring spot. people in. So, so they don't, yeah. they can't see it. So there's huge gaps. You could get lucky or not. But the whole idea, I mean, it was even more terrifying in the sense that, like, there were so many fucking gaps, and they would run these things for miles to the point to where we couldn't even pick them up because we were trying to keep staying, we were trying to keep rolling in the same direction. So right. It was kind of like, that. fuck. So, um, yeah, it was definitely uh, just that kind of evil and, and just no second thought to, right. like, you know, there's... And it was it was it, it was shit like that all the time. So it was like so. Yeah. I had it's got to change you. Yeah, it does. It and kinda, how long were you out there in total? Oh God, two, two twice uh, for four, the longest at four months apiece. Okay, and then um, I think. Maybe a couple of spotty, like a week here, two weeks there, uh-huh. something like that. But, That's um, insane, though. It's got to be so much. Yeah, it was It was crazy because it was, uh, I, I mean, the whole purpose of being out there wasn't even to do any, I was, we were out there to do recon on Somali pirates. We were right. out there trying to, you know, so it wasn't, it's like it wasn't even our job, and then it turned into our job, and it's like, okay, cool. Um, not cool, but yeah. But yeah, man, it's it's. Um, so when did you get when did you get back? Did you, they put you back on a sub afterwards? Did, they, yeah. did you get discharged? Yeah, I just, no, I switched. I switched boats. I was on another boat after mm-hmm. the Hampton, and then uh, I was a part of. Um, it was like a more specialized uh, deployment situation on the second boat, which is what we were doing. Gotcha. So we were specifically everybody had a, a, the the fields of expertise on that boat were different because they were designed for more like amphibious ground. So we weren't necessarily SEALs, but we did. Basically, we were the guys that we were communications and, or, yeah, comms and, and, uh, and just uh, any intel that we recon. Right, right. Of like we were facilitators for that, but like uh, in real time. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like we'd have a briefing. Um, we would go out with them um, or we would go out days before they would. Right. And just scout, literally just do a perimeter scout of the areas they were going into to get more of a, a detailed analysis of what was happening. Got it. So sometimes we'd hump for miles just to kind of get gridded out and say, okay, cool, this is what you're looking at. Yeah. So So when did it all com- c- conclude, that the Navy stint? Uh, prob- and was it on your, like, did, were you just done, kind of done with it? Uh, my time was up. You served. Yeah. Your- the time is dumb. So Check is cash. Yeah. Now it's time to move on. Yeah, and it was weird, man, because I, um, I, I just remember not knowing – how to relate to anyone. And I remember just trying so hard with people after that. I just remember like the first couple of years of being out, the transition was terrible just because I couldn't, I couldn't relate to anybody right. at all. Did you want to? Oh, totally, man. Yeah. But I just had, you got to understand having that work ethic all the time where you're getting up and you're, I mean, you're going, you're, you go from that kind of environment to you're dealing with, you know, I worked in a, a coffee house. Yeah. It's like it's one of my like first jobs. And then I just the antithesis. Seeing, yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, my stomach hurts. I'm just going to go home. I'm not going to call it. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, That's I've a never problem, taken a sick, really? Yeah. Yeah. I've never taken a sick day in my life at that point. So yeah. I was just like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, yeah. like, it's get hard. back there and make some fucking coffee. It's not <laughs> hard. You know, like, 
Was so, it? it was that in uh, Virginia? Yeah, that was in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was definitely. Uh, yeah, the transition was really. I mean, attitude-wise, everything was trying to trying to get to a point. Ironic, and some people laugh if they hear this. Like trying to get to points where I can mellow out. I don't so think, I like, think that's. It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I can't imagine having the oh shit the the moral turmoil around you and like having to kind of adapt back to what the states are pretty normal considering. You know, I mean, it's it's a fucking walk in the park here. Oh yeah, dude, to we, we are. Many other we are, places. We are like a bro- a brothel full of unicorns. Yeah, man. Dude, it's exactly. Compared to you know, it's not even. It's 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 awesome. Do you, so do you feel like you got that? And we'll we'll shift into the cocktail bit. You know, here in a second. Um, I hate cocktails. <laughs> fucking cocktails. But no, like, it's a big problem when people come back that they don't have an outlet. They don't have a healthy way to communicate with people in a healthy forum it's like they don't get the support they need and do you feel like when you came back that you had all those tools you needed to at least fucking get this stuff off your chest i I can't i couldn't do it i mean i I could do it but i'd have to talk about it well i had i had i had one friend that we both got out together and i think our saving grace at the time was our humor with each other because we still had the military frame of humor right, right which is is actually hilarious i'm sure um and uh we we were huge wes anderson fans yeah so we bonded like we were just stuck to give you like bombs. is that the first well i mean royal no i love bottle rocket Rocket. yeah bottle rocket like we were just we were just like every we we just that's all we talked about yeah you know like it's like we just talked about like fucking dick no what kind of name is that anyway like rushmore everything yeah that was our style of humor back in the day so that's all we dealt we like totally were like just one up in each other that humor so yeah he was kind of like a lifesaver for that his name's steve He's uh, truly one of my best friends, and um, yeah, just it was inc- it, just an incredible experience with that. And but it helped. Yeah, it did. Okay, help. Wes Anderson finally helped somebody. Yeah, and I, yeah, right. <laughs> and I, you know, I was like trying to really, uh, I wanted to settle down. I wanted to try to get a relationship, but did. Yeah. And uh, it was um, still a little tough, man, because I felt like I was because I felt like I was so misunderstood, and I couldn't quite relate to uh things from back in the day right with anyone that i didn't talk that much about it so i ended up like i used to make up all kinds of shit man just to fit in because the actually the the people that i was always i was trying to friend were actually really good people but um just i mean it was like just a reset like where you just i just felt like i was trying to like get in it was but it was very clicky they were very clicky and i was very trying to like just like you know what's so you think that there's a pattern there right oh yeah yeah totally like you're moving around having to readjust socially and find your niche each time you come back out of the military and you're like fuck i gotta do this again yeah and it's hard because you kind of have to say well what character am i now who do i see myself as now and how are other people gonna see me right Right? because it's like if i'm too this way too that way and i'm sure now you don't give a fuck you're just who you are but there are points in our lives where we make that adjustment yeah it was uh it took a while, man. And I mean, like, I'm talking, and this is the thing, too. Like, I was stubborn, man. You, you got to, people got to realize that, like, it's, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it when you're 29. You know, like, there's a couple bartenders, for example, that I, you know, I relayed some of these stories about yeah. like, in terms of experience and right, humility right. and fucking up and lying and all kinds of shit that people do every day. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because it's like you look back 
at yourself or you look at somebody mm. you like i'm starting to get to that point in my my at my age now where i look at cats and they're like like man you don't know shit don't know shit. you know but yeah. it's all good yeah i just wish you could you'll be know shit eventually yeah. it's man you are you know i mean like and that's the whole thing like when you look at somebody that's like 24 25 trying to tell you you know what i mean and yeah. it's kind of like you're like mm-hmm. yeah. man i was born tonight but not last night you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. you're out of your fucking mind if yeah. you think i'm you know like and that's the whole who do you think yeah and you it, really it's crazy. think that that's that's what that's your thought yeah. that's your perspective but i also part of you wants to wince you're like oh man i was that fucking retarded too we all are. Oh, yeah damn, man like yeah i thought i was smoother than that though <laughs> you know like and it's funny because you see that now and i i mean i see that now with different people and and um like it even st- like going back to what we started with man it just uh i think humility is priceless man and i just i've learned the hard way to get it mm-hmm. um and i see you know like i you know there's people that you see and i'm like i even do i counteract in my own experiences uh with dealing with that the way i mean the way i was the, the way i got dealt with yeah and your grandfather he, said like less than 10 hours worth that yeah. you knew him. I mean, so it, I just, I literally now I'm kind of like, I make sure that I'm like more of like a positive reinforcer when I like, Hey dude, look, it's all good. Yeah. But you, Hey, you fucked up, but check it out. It's all good. I'm not saying you fucked up for the sake of being like, Hey, I'm right. And you're wrong. I'm mm-hmm. saying that like, I'm just saying that like, you really need to let's tighten this up. Let's tighten up a little bit. You want to be a teacher. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you I, I would love a mentor. How about that? Well, no, I mean, I, I'll take teacher, man. I would love to teach. I'll be a teacher of the things that no one wants to teach. Yeah. Which is like being honest with yourself when you fuck up or, you know, like learning hard that way. Mis- like that you're being, flawed. Being, yeah. Being a teacher of, of living with yourself right. after you fuck up in a way that you're not comfortable with. So yeah. it's like having all those moments where you look back and you went on those moments where you shit, you did. You're like, Oh man, I, I could have gone about that a different way. Yeah. You know, like, and figuring out like, you know, ways to, you know, ways to talk to people and, and how to, how to address things. And, and, um, you know, like there's a thousand ways to say something to someone, you know, like people want to, you know, get hot headed off the jump. They're just right. like, Oh, I'm going to tell you what, you know, like, but at the end of the day, it's just really, you know, like I'm trying my best to make sure that I am not doing what was done to me yeah not to say that it was bad it gave me character and all that right but, right but at the same time you know like there's a lot of cats in the game that are very like all about it's all about accolades yeah you know like it's like oh no i know so and so just name dropping and like sorry that i did i do that with directors actually i find out no 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 not I, like i don't that. know any of those guys they could be assholes but i know their work and i love it so yeah well no i mean like it's it's like being in the game being in from the industry perspective like, mm-hmm. where people talk about you know we have so much exposure right to people in in, in the industry like direct exposure and yeah. it's 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 fucking awesome but it's one of those things where it would be like you know, it's it, it. I don't think anybody in the industry is is necessarily worthy of the freak out moment that we would have about, like, let's say, like, if you know, like the doorbell rang and it's link letter at the door. You're like, oh what shit! The fuck? Let's, yeah, let's let's party. like hang out, like, man. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. Dude, uh, no, man, you have you have created a you know cinematic ma- masterpiece, yeah. and we are about Multiple. to get fucked up. Yeah, but like in the industry, everybody has. I think equally, I think everybody has put mad work in. Mm-hmm. 
And I have a lot of respect for that. I just feel like that I think even those individuals are just, they're making their contribution. And, you know, we're, I think they even look at it as they're a part of a community. It's not like I'm a bad, I'm trying to do my thing. Right, you know? right. Like, I think they just want to get down. I think they want to make something dope or they want to, you know, have a dope bar or mm -hmm. whatever. And I think at the end of the day, it's, it's really, it's all of it is founded and forged around having a good fucking time. Yeah. Nothing more. And I think I, there are people that are more interested in like how many people they know, how many likes they get on Facebook or whatever. Right, the Bacardi fuck, legacy. You know? Yeah. Things they win. And well, I mean, it's that not, is just a random one competition by the yeah. way. But no, I like, I'm, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of, uh, I like I like that element of the industry because it allows you to be creative in a way like I've been forced to be I push myself mentally to, to the fucking edge of yeah. like uh, it's caused me to look at different avenues and explore and be op more open-minded to like more of a culinary aspect Absolutely. more you know like so it's like I mean and I think everybody does that but um, I think that but there is don't you think there is an element though too that it's like I just want to be in the paper there, I, I, I've seen some people that are like that. Yeah. But I don't know that it's... Um, it's you, you, you think... I, I, I gather that like you feel that people are doing it for the right reasons, which is a great positivity yeah, to have. I do. You know? I do. I understand. I think I've entered a new realm where I, I'm starting to see things where people are very political mm -hmm. about certain moves. Uh, but I understand like when you're when you're trying to sell something or you're trying to, you know, encourage a product or an event or, you know, like there, it comes with that a little, a little bit comes with that. So yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily unhealthy. I think, I think I'm more, uh, I feel like in some ways a protector or, uh, I get anxious with when, um, the community is disrupted by something that's, it's almost like, um, it's like I feel like the USBG Austin chapter, for example. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to relate it completely to this, but it's like a, it's like a Jedi Academy, uh -huh. and I think for the most part, everybody in that academy is, they have some force. Yeah, yeah. It, everybody's bad. I mean, like it's it's. Uh, There's not a weak group. There's not a weak one. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think, and I, it's it's a beautiful thing to be a part of something that are also I mean like you have a lot of respect for everyone mm -hmm. and you're you know like the you've worked with all of these individuals in some capacity right you know or it's nice to see when people do well yeah I love that oh no I I mean I'm I'm a I'm the I'm the worst cheerleader dude I'm I'm like a I'm all about it yeah you know, like I'm I'm happy for anybody doing anything good it's good um, so so let's take speaking of good. This round, I think this is probably the third time Mr. Old Charter has showed up in the, the show. I'm going to call it the show. Yeah. Until I get used to having a show, quote unquote, <laughs> which <laughs> is a fucking weird, you know, Mr. Shit, whatever. Anyway, so you picked the Old Charter 10-year, which yes. no longer is made because I can only presume the demand for aged older bourbons above eight years old has gone to a point where Buffalo Trace, who made <coughs> who made this guy, can't keep up. So what do you think? How do you how do you feel about the old I, charter ten? I'm 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 a huge I'm a huge fan of old charter to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um so I um I've I've taken a I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's perfect. It's easy, right? Yeah. Totally easy. It's, it's crazy easy. 
the thing about and this is funny, man. Um, so the first, uh, I'll tell you this. This is a quick story with my buddy Steve. I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier. My uh, my booze history started with uh, it was my thirtieth birthday, so eleven years ago. Yeah, I shot. I had a shot of <coughs> Booker's. Uh, full strength. Full strength Booker's. Yeah. For my birthday, it was bought by uh, my good friend Steve, who, out of uh, a mediocre depth of knowledge of bourbon at that time, I, mm -hmm. I knew nothing other than like Beam is good. Yeah. So I didn't. It know. is great. It is, but I, I mean, outside of that, like identifying, like yeah, it wasn't. You know, there's not a deep yeah, knowledge. Right? I didn't. I wasn't really. I don't think I was even. Um, I think I was drinking gin at the point. I think I was really. Kind no of one will fault you for that. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> quintessential to be to be exact. I was. That's what I was. That was like the gin of choice back in the day. Which one is it? Quintessential gin. I've never had it. Q. Q. Yeah. No, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Even it might be. They may not even make it anymore. I don't think they. I mean, maybe, but I haven't seen it. In, quintessential in gin. No shit. Yeah. Well, if it's quintessential, it's a sexy I need bottle, to find man. It. Yeah? it was sexy. I'll have to. I'll Google have to find it. it. Yeah. See if you can send me a picture of it. But, but so um, you you. How did that the, the Booker's rushing yeah. through you that hot heat? Well, here's wonderfulness. the thing. I didn't fucking know uh, the concept of proof to me at that point. Yeah. Apart from like studies in EOD <laughs> school and shit like that. Right. And, right. You know, like uh, pyrotechnics and you know, like uh, no clue mm -hmm. about how that would affect me. So uh, we all take a you know salute, happy birthday, man. And I'm taking the shot back, and I'm, as I'm whipping it back, I'm looking at the eyes of three other guys that are taking it with me right. that are like, like wide eyed, like what? No, like that slow, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, so I was like, what? And then all of a sudden I, I just feel my esophagus just like part, like the red sea. Just like, yeah. It's just like, yeah. Okay, it's searing. That's not good. I feel like stuff's coming off now. I remember just having this, just like, holy shit. Right. And, uh, and I, and everybody was like, dude, why would you do that? And I'm like, what, what? I mean, it was, I thought we were, were they sipping it? it? Yeah. Everybody oh was sipping it. man. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So I was freaking out. Like, what the fuck? And uh, yeah, that was a um, that was a crazy moment, man. I, I, and then after that, I, um, I had dealt with the the machine of of brand. Yeah. You know, with like learning about like, cause you you know like I mean every, it's everywhere. You're like, oh, dude, I only drink McAllen or I only <laughs> have you know. So there you have that, all yeah. you have that, and that's I mean I was. This is all, this is military, post-military. This is, right. you know, like pre, I mean, like early years bartending. Like it was all just like, oh, I just, I'm just going with what I know. Yeah. So it's ironic now that that journey has taken me to a place where now when people ask me what my favorite bourbons are, yeah, what is they're it? like, I'm like, oh, dude, Fitz or yeah. Charter or Granddad or yep. they're like, dude, all that shit's whack. And you're like that. Are you okay. kidding me? Right. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like, dude. There's no cor no correlation to price to quality, right? Now sometimes maybe, but not in bourbon. I'm still working on that, man. I'm yeah. still trying to figure out a way to. That's the, that's yeah, like the that is like the the fucking. I I feel like I am I've got like the iron fist, you know, like fucking. I've mastered you know Shaolin vibes. Like yeah, if I can figure out a way to explain to people like, dude. So here's you know. here's so the old Forester, the birthday bourbon, 2015, which is at least in my opinion the best in probably about three years. The four, the 13th is great too, but that bottle cost me a hundred dollars. Ooh, yeah. right, like it's 12 years old. It's bourbon. Yeah. So say okay, well, what's Van Winkle Lot B12 cost now? So yeah. retail, it should be only 80 bucks about. Right. 
you will not find it for under $300. I know that. It's insane. That. And so there is no, those two bourbons are just, they're different, but they're just as good as each other. All right. And there, again, there's no correlation. It's all just market hype, you know? And people don't get that. And that's okay that they don't get that. But th- you got to realize, like, you got to use some discretion when you're buying bourbons. And if Old Charter 8, even if it's not a full eight years now, still for 18 bucks a bottle, that's yeah. better than any craft whiskey. I'll say it right now. It's better than any craft whiskey, and it's better than most of the rebottled shit that people get anyway. Four Roses yellow label for under 20 bucks. I mean, I, I, come on. You know? What are we talking about? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it's like, I exactly. don't. Why? You know, like, if you, I, I, I feel like you, you got to have. And I, you know, I think, I think a huge factor is, is, you know, guys are like, oh man, it's, it's, it's funny when people have the reaction of like, ooh, brr, this is, ooh, bracing. Right. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of like, Dude, stop being a the? wiener. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, did you, I mean, like if you want, man, T.W. Yeah. Samuels is two doors down dog and don't, Hey, and it's not, I drink it too. Yeah. So don't, you know, I'm not, yeah, yeah. not calling you out, but I'm saying that if you want something subtle, <laughs> that's right you know but still would knock you on your ass yeah you know in quantity you should try some t-dubs but yeah, yeah I'm, it's i'm i'm a fan i've actually i think that there should be like a, a position of of like antique old school uh bourbon history like this is where you get to just have like these these you know like patriarchs of bourbon yeah sitting on the table like oh dude is that old charter or um Fitz is a good example too. Fitz is, I, man, I, I, Fitz was like that broke my heart. Um, it's, I, I can't imagine it's gonna come back though. I, dude, I, Kevin I, Hill is pulling out all the stops. I, I know, stuff. man, but it's, I just, I'm nervous that it won't be the same. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, the new Wild Turkey 101. Like I was talking to Hank, Kate, Kathy about it, and like, yeah, I, about a new bottle, and I, I think it's great. But he said the first stuff he thought that he tried at a, at a Campari once they repurchased them, yeah. Wasn't so good, so I don't know, man. But but suffice it to say, your interest in bourbon that expanded. You, so you've got this rich background and worldly experiences, details being tested heavily about fucking submarine mechanics. So you have some <laughs> basic understanding of dis, understanding of distillation. Yeah, you understand how to dissect the beat and put it all together. How to sample, how to compress, how to sequence all of this. Yes. Like, how does this prime you? What is that that moment in which you're like, you know what, cocktails are really simply a series of details that are put together in a particular order i think it was no it wasn't even i, I was know, it much like, simpler than that man i i think it was um i think it was me understanding i i, I want to say that it was a pride a sense of pride i think it was mm-hmm. like an acceptance um i think that one of the things that used to bug me was people who would question the professionalism of bartending. And and it would mm-hmm. be like, you know, like, is this a real job, Dad? I'm like, yeah, is, is this all you do? Yes, it is. Really? But, yeah, well, I mean, it, it was one of those things where I always had a, a hard time with that. Like, I always yeah. felt like I needed to say, oh, well, I yeah, but I But I'm working this. on this or something. Yeah. And, it like, it wasn't until... Um, it wasn't until Pesce that I started to realize like it was just a different look. There was a different attitude and there was definitely uh, the appreciation mm-hmm. 
and and meticulousness of of what everybody was doing yeah commitment um, to quality I call yeah, it too. Just, yeah and i just remembered to see and like and you know everybody <laughs> everybody hates rob Bates. <laughs> but uh rob and i are actually good friends man i've i learned a lot from him not even just i learned more from him as an individual than i did as a bartender right um and he's not as stubborn as most people think yeah um now if he heard this he'd probably be like no fuck you i'm i'm an <laughs> asshole I'm, i would love to get him in here oh to... dude he's clandestine to be an asshole yeah but um i think that and just how he is as a businessman and i think i've i've been blessed to see him evolve himself mm -hmm. from the image that I think a lot of people have to a more intimate perspective with him where uh, it's as simple as it, it's just that it's it's the beauty of being misunderstood I think right. that there is he had a he was I mean, I mean just working for him sucks sometimes I remember some nights <laughs> you know like when there was one night I remember I'll never forget this man I, I broke a chip off of a glass oh right? no and I knew I knew it cleared the well. Yeah, I saw it. It was like pew, like over my shoulder. And Did like, he make you t dethrone the well completely? So I was working with this other asshole that <laughs> that uh, that Justin like, Elliott. How dare you? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. It wasn't Je. No, no. It was um <laughs> this other young cat man, and and uh, I remember I knew it was clear. Like I actually was with another guy that I worked with at the time. We were looking at it. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, it's like this Nick, right? And. Uh, He's like, yeah, if you feel good about it. I'm like, I do. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to rock glass in a well. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the chip is minuscule. And I saw it fly over. I knew it was not in the well. So this young cat goes to Rob, says, hey, man, he's got ice in the well. He's still working, blah, blah, blah. And oh, shit. Rob comes over, like this big bear. Puffing, puffing. Grabs his fucking, grabs my grapefruit juice, right? Uh -huh. Just opens, just pulls the spigot off and just dumps it all over the ice. He's like, oh, you don't. You don't Fucking, it just goes in on me about oh it. Oh my and gosh! Like, Holy shit! But um, I remember like, and, and it was grandiose display. Call me out, like it was probably not the best way to do it, right? Um, but I look at, I mean, looking back at a lot of those situations, I look at him and I think, like, fuck, man, like he he gave a shit. Like mm -hmm. that, that's the thing that I mean. Every like anybody can say what they want to say, but a guy that spends all of his days at a place he's been at for all. I mean, like he, I mean, he was like, I, I, sometimes I would guess, um, like, Oh, he probably doesn't pay attention to what we do behind the bar. Right. But he was, he just seemed to be always on top of it. He'd have these moments where if he was having a shit, I mean, he was no different than anyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just your boss, but he had that, he had that leverage, the leverage over you on a bad day was what sucked the most. Right, it wasn't right. him as a person, but I, I learned a lot from him just, uh, in terms of like his, approach to things and um his outlook he i mean just the outlook and instilling the outlook of professionalism for what we do and 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 then kind of breathing life into me in terms of like you know i had already had some life you know mm -hmm. i got my somali i got it no this is like this the, the true second phase two yeah you know i mean because that's the thing is like Normally, most people don't have these kinds of lives. Like it's just incredibly riveting to, to hear your story, and that's outside of what you've done. Yeah. in the cocktail realm, you know. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to look at it like that because I don't. I just kind of look at it in the now. Right, you know, which but, is great because then you're you're humbled. Yeah. Right, because you're not like, well, well I did all I, I this. I hope stuff. so. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It comes you know, off. I'm that trying way, not you know. to be the guy, the old man with the rolled up newspaper, like swinging a kid no. in the yard. Yeah, no. Yeah, back in my fucking day. You know, like, <laughs> but it was definitely, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it was, um, I think that he was very instrumental in giving me, uh, I, you know, like, it, it, and it was already overwhelming. Like, walking to that bar for the first time, you're like, holy fuck. It's massive. It's a, lot it's a of library. Bottles. Yeah. And, um, you know, working with Trey Jenkins and, and, and everybody's like, oh, dude, you'll get it. Like, couple, you'll get it. You'll get it. And I'm like, I'm not going to get this. And I had already, and I like, I had had this confidence because I was like, I got my fucking, you know, level one sommelier yeah. the intro. And then I, I was in the process of working on level two just for fun. I mean, sure, like, sure. And, uh, and then just getting beat over the head with all of this stuff and even having a basic concept of, of distillation and, and, uh, and then it just, it just, you know, starting with gins because that was Rob's thing. Right. Rob went in with gins and then he went in with, uh, and then, you know, Larry's thing was bourbon at the time mm-hmm. and, or still is. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was just very like, I, I felt like everybody had like a, you know, Trey's was rum. So yeah. everybody kind of had. I mean, you that. have like, <laughs> you you have someone, an expert from each segment, you know, yeah. you could just pick their brain. And I, we got so lucky. And then, you know, Cameron Garnett, who we came in the same day together and just got, we got beat to shit. But, you know, like it, you know, like that that team at the time was was you know just every day. I mean, every day you go to school. It was yeah. just like going to school every day. Would you ever work for Rob again? Uh, I you know I would I would yeah. because of the fact that like I mean my relationship with him is definitely, um, I you know like it's a it's I don't think he has a I you know like I said. You know, he's a fucking asshole. He's <laughs> yeah. an asshole. Right. But I think a lot, of, I think that I've been privileged because the side, he's a very generous man. Yeah. And I think it's been overlooked. And I know, you know, everybody's got skeletons. Everybody's got moments where they're sure, just like, Sure, sure. Less than graceful. Yeah. yeah. But if I, I mean, I, from coming from the environment and dealing with people who were micromanagers in the military or who were scared shitless and didn't know how to lead right. or didn't know how to make a decision or just, you know, it wasn't even a, an issue of making bad decisions. It's just an issue of not making decisions at all. Yeah. Like Rob was never, he never was in a position where those boxes were never checked. Like he right. always made decisions, but he was also, you know, like you got a sense of, of, uh, how much he cared, mm-hmm. you know? And and when he needed to call it quits, when he needed time for himself, and you could respect that, and you could see him, you know, like he could be an asshole, but you could tell he trusted you. Yeah. At the end of the day, like if if Rob didn't, <laughs> if Rob stopped talking to you, you needed to be worried. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's kind of how it was. And you're like, oh shit, man. Like even if it was just insults, right? You know, like all day, you're like still okay, something. Cool. The yeah. minute he gets to go quiet on you, you're like, oh, fuck, oh shit. But no, I I mean I I, I think um, I think. He was really good about being open and allowing us to be creative so long as we were learning in the process. And I think I remember he gave me um, his he didn't give me his copy, but uh, like one of the first books he made me read was the Savoy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I don't understand. I mean, I just remember just being like and he had he had a wealth. of. I mean, just the bar itself. The book. Yeah, he's got an academic knowledge of it. So it just. But I mean, and, and granted, he'll probably argue with it. He's a little loose on some stuff now. But I feel like a guy like that has a right to be, um, you know, like he may, he may not. He, he's probably forgotten more than what most people know. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, so how did how did that take you up to half step? Had 
I think did you meet man, Chris and this, did he recruit you in? Or yeah, Chris, I mean, uh, I actually met Chris at a pop up Ocho event, man. Before he had half before he had the bar, yeah. But it, that actually that wasn't the. I had been working um, for a while uh, at, at Pesce. I think it was I was it was my second year. It was almost I was getting into my second year. And, mm. Um, I remember um, uh, a couple friends, you know. Uh, Floyd, particularly mm-hmm. Brian Floyd, um, approached me about like the prospect of, of working there, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I mean, I looked at them like they were the gods, you know, like like fucking, oh, man, I can't fucking. You feel like beat? You feel like the B team? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh man, I'm just not," you know. They're like, "Nah, man, you got um, it." And it was tough. It was like I was totally like, "Oh man, I, I, I mean, it's fucking the fact that I'm," and I'm like, "It's, it's just Floyd though. He's just like, hey man, you should totally." you know yeah get in there and then the I consummate gentleman night. i call mr Paul. oh yeah. yeah oh god he's super but i remember him um uh i remember him uh we went to lucille's next door to mm-hmm. half step i think i went into half step and then we went to have a beer outside of that and he, he kind of pitched it to me at the time and and then uh i came in on another night and, and bostic was there and he was like dude have you seen the outside bar and i was like no Came back there and he, I'm like looking at the first time. I'm like, holy shit, everything was that like untouched and like, yeah. fuck. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, man, this is, I'm like, he's like, I'm like, it's like a fucking Ferrari. And he looked at me with a straight face and he was like, yo, do you want to drive it? And I was like, amazing. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the like, keys. Like, are you sure, man? And um, yeah, that's how it started. Uh, and I, I, uh, I double timed it for six months, mm-hmm. um, and it was a hard road because I really had to unlearn a lot of things. At what do you think's the main dif- the, the main difference? Is it just the level of detail and like, yeah, execution the attention? And- I mean, like it was always about attention to detail from the jump, which is probably why I stuck to it um, so well. Yeah, um, or I feel comfortable with it now. But um, I think that I started to see different on top of what I was already learning at Pesce uh when I got exposed to Sasha that was a different that was like a whole like this is weird I just, yeah, you know, yeah yeah I wasn't even I like I was never like oh my god I was just like ah it's and I remember all the training and I just remember like for the first month just being like man this is what the fuck <laughs> just being like not even like happy about it just like right I, I just don't like, because I wasn't there yet, so I could see, I mean, like, I was listening and digesting and it just, just constantly, just digest, digest, digest. Right, right. And then having this moment where, like, I remember it finally kind of materialized on a busy-ass Friday night, and I got left, I left, I got left hanging for the, my, like, one of my first times on the inside bar yeah. as well, and just getting fucking hammered. Mm-hmm. And all of the things, all of the little steps, you know, and just in terms of, like, how it's, so, how it's so important to be consistent and right. in the process of being fast and in the process of being, and like, and just have it materialize for the first time and it felt good when I built like this. And it was like a round of five. You sure, know, like sure. My first one and I was like speeding sweat, you know, yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, I fucking did it. <laughs> you know, like, just, you know, like, and now it's, it's, it's crazy to think about like. Where you're at now, right? Where, yeah, but, yeah. And, and also like how it's impossible, it's almost like impossible to think of another way to work. Yeah, you know, based off of those principles, and and it's you know that on top of doing ice, and it's like just it's like 
a world that I would have, if you would asked me a year ago, I'd have been like, fuck that. Dude. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm just going to, you know, whatever. That's, you know, like, I, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But, so um, do you, what, so what's, do you have that same desire that a lot of people do to open your own place? Is that on your map? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I'd love to do a spot. I've, I've talked about it um, a couple times with a few people, but I, I'm realistic about it in the process of like making sure that what I do has to, I mean, I think the, it has to be a good bar in the sense of it being unique. And the issue is trying to find out what's my unique, right? Not just cocktails, but like, what can I offer to people? Like aesthetically too, because you got to build it, right? It's got to physically exist as well. Like, what can I, uh, what, what's my contribution to the, to the person I want to chill. Right. And a lot of that actually would deal with what we're talking about, man. It would be a lot of music, but like yeah. a lot of less about, uh, you know, like in the same way bars have booze that are really non-brand oriented, but quality. Yeah, yeah. Not to say that they're not brand oriented. I mean like big guys. No, like, I totally, man, know, I went to, feel, went to White Lion on la- last week and I, not to name drop, but it is to say that it was a, pinnac- a pinnacle moment for me going into this place where everything was perfect. The drinks were all perfect. And there was not a single brand in the fucking bar. Yeah. And I was like, good, because it's a barrier and it, it allows us to develop preconceived notions about things. If we don't like a brand that way or conversely, if we said, oh, that's my brand, that it, it just it's biased. It biases your perspective. And this right. way it was totally clean. Went in. It was a Thursday night. We closed the place out. There's like four people in it. It was like perfect, right? Right. And I could have not, I couldn't have imagined a better experience. And it, and for me, that's the future of the bars. And it's not to say that those, I mean, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound the least contradictive in any way, but it's like, it's not that brands are a problem, but it's like, no, it's, not, it's, but... it's the exposure of other guys, you know, uh, or other things that we've been, ex- like, like, I fuck, there's like one of the things that I've really, it's been unfortunate. Uh, where we have exposure in the industry to all these brilliant fucking things, and, and it's up to us to figure out a way to get it in there. Yeah. Um, but even in translation, like trying to relay that to a consumer, like you're better off not saying anything. Exactly. Like, I'm like, I'm going to make you something dope. And That's do what it, it should be because you know? it's about your work, your art, your creativity. Right. And to me, even though, even though I own a brand, I still feel if you focus on the brand instead of the creator, you're missing the whole fucking point. Yeah, it's not I mean, a bar set set up to create or to carry Bacardi product. Yeah, and it's I, a bar I know set that up to yeah to, to deliver something beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, I know that I know that there are people that could argue you know the merits of that point with me, and it's fine. I it's I'm just saying like at the essence of of like looking towards the future for me and having a bar, and I I'm more interested in 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 doing something. Uh, well, like I said, well, getting back to my point was just basically. It is for their for the bars that are out there that offer really unique brands mm-hmm. as opposed to the main you know like the four food groups or whatever right right like that's their stick yeah you know like I would like to be able to do that in a lot of facets and not just the booze um, offer quality just all around and it's not to say that bars don't but just being like even for me and what what respond what I respond to yeah. And my exposure, like walking into a bar, for example, that had um, like wall to wall, you know, like 
Luno covers, original pressings. Right. And um, and having, you know, like a, a section of the bar that was, you know, devoted to like just, just odds and ends vinyl. Right. Where, you know, like you could just, you, could, you know, like kind of like Rob Roy does a vinyl night, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Having something well, so- like that. But having something, but like aesthetically, like the bar itself aesthetically being in a place to where it, it would be an extension of myself. Not and people say that all the time, but like I, I think about it in the same way I talk to people across mm-hmm. the bar. For me, I look at it as this: like, I want you to come over to my house and chill with me. Yeah. I want. I'm gonna make a cheese plate. I'm gonna crack this bottle of charter. Yeah. I'm gonna put on some Jay Dilla beats, and um, I'll put on uh, Baraka on mute in the background and just have that. <laughs> just watch it, yeah. And just watch it for the sake of you know, like right. having you know, like that's that's a typical like if I could envision a moment where I like could have that. I yeah. mean, that's what it was for me back in the day, minus the cheese plates. But now I have money, so I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, um, that's the thing. Like, I it's it's I think it's about trying to make it as comfortable. Uh, I think that making something comfortable for yourself and making other people comfortable that want to come into your spot are one and the same. I think people think overthink that shit. I think I've heard people talk about, you know, that in terms of like uh, this, this, this extension of hospitality. Right. And I really think that I think hospitality is all can also be defined as, you know, like it starts with, ho- I mean, hosp or the host. Hus- part yeah, of it. Right, yeah. So right. it's like, it's like, I'm, I, just come over to the crib, man. I'm going to cook some steaks. It's, you know, like I want it to be as comfortable as it can possibly be. Yeah. And I want the dialogue included to be as such. It's like, you have to have that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that people don't have that. I think that there's like, everybody's clean and politically correct about it. But I really think that at the end of the day, like I'm really like my style is more of like, I've heard people say anything from, you know, like music is for the customers. It's not for you. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, cool. The same way you can expose somebody to booze, you can expose somebody to new music, yep. you know, like, or you can expose somebody to a different vibe. Yeah. Um, you can, you can make it warm and inviting and, and you can have a sense of humor without the fear of taking someone too seriously, you know, but yeah. making sure that everything that's going on in the background is, Hey, I'm gonna make you remember this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this drink, I'm going to do my best to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to fuck this up. I'm not going to overthink the drink. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to make sure that this is rock solid, tried and true. Um, have at. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you, it, it, like, I hope you dig it. And and it doesn't, it's, like, I think it's got to be all around and less about the, the I just, there's so many times where, and, and it's cool, like, you learn, like, like I said earlier in the in, in the cast, like, I'm, I'm going to school every day in mm-hmm. some capacity, but I really feel like it goes a long way to just be what we need more these days. And in, in all of my experiences is just to be that elemental human. Yeah. I don't care. I had to learn the hard way. Like, I don't care if you have a degree. I don't care if you are smart. Right. I don't care. I'm going to find a way to relate to you either way. We're going to, we're going to have a fucking good time. Yeah. We, I mean, like, I mean, I've, I've had the most amazing conversations with people, um, you know, from like putting on a fucking rando B-side Credence track in the mm-hmm. middle of a shift and this guy losing his, having a fucking Chernobyl meltdown, like, right. Whoa! I'm like, yeah, dude, it's one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, 
that spans into a conversation about like the guys like well, what do you like man let me get you something and yeah I'm like, okay cool have you ever had a negroni no what the fuck is that and then you know like that discovery and seeing somebody taste a neg- it's like seeing somebody taste cake for the first time right, <laughs> right. like so it's like yeah let's do it you know like so it's definitely that's i feel like that that's kind of where i am right now but having said all that uh i'm very i have respect for for the time and and for the and the knowledge and that there's always something to learn and that i don't have it all figured out and i i'm definitely patient on that game on that game like i don't want to think that given my blessings with who I've gotten an opportunity to work for and with um, and, and being in a community where some of my best friends are some of the best in the game. Right. You know, like top, top standards guys. Yeah. I, mean, I, totally I don't lose sight of that um, uh, because those guys are still taking me to school and, and I'm in an environment with them where it's, it's shared. Right. And, and they're open. It's literally just the pearly gates. It's a, know? it's an amazing place. And I think it's going to be, the launching point for I, what I hope is what I'm trying to do here as well, and that is invite you into my house, share no, some man. charter, and, and the music is us chatting. But I'm not gonna forget this conversation, Chief. It's it's been really wonderful for me. And thank I, you, man. Thank you for having I, me. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, and um, I can't wait to for, for people to hear it. So thanks so much for. Oh God, man! I hope it's good. <laughs> it's, 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 it should be. It'll be great, crazy. man. It'll be great. Thanks again. Oh, thanks thank for you, chatting. man. Thank you. Well, there we have it. The conclusion to my wonderful conversation with Sheed. We learned about a lot of things, man. I I went from knowing hardly anything about him to now feeling like I have a great understanding of where he comes from, who he is, what like his moral compass, like all of these things, you know. Really, really intelligent guy. And I hope that kind of what I've tried to set out to do here in this podcast and just have people over, be honest, share honest, clear, unadulterated moments with people. I hope that we'll see a bar from Sheed soon enough in which he can share his uniquely warm, uniquely creative living room (laughs) via a bar to us all. So it's been a great episode. I really enjoyed sharing this with you guys and I hope you enjoyed it. So thanks again for tuning in to Show to V with Mike G. And remember to keep dancing.